0: Hi, I'm Nee from themammyblog.ie, and welcome to my very first podcast. In case you didn't know, I'm a self-confessed, dog-mad, shoe-obsessed movie buff, and I'm also a writer and editor. Up until my son arrived last December, I'd never changed a nappy, made a bottle, put on a onesie, or even held a baby for more than five minutes without it unleashing what I like to call the death roar. Needless to say, it's been a momentous change in my life and I'm now trying to navigate this brand new world of motherhood with honesty, grace, love and humour. I hope you'll join me on my journey with this new podcast, where at first I'll be reading some of my most popular stories and musings on mammy life. I'll also be chatting about the issues that I, and I expect most of you listening, face on a daily basis. The challenges, the highs, the lows. Those times when you might just want to scream into a pillow or just question your very sanity. I'm also going to be focusing on postnatal depression. Um, this is a topic that's really close to my heart because when I first became a mum uh, last December, I really did struggle at the start. and. I was feeling completely overwhelmed, Um, I wasn't myself, I I looked in the mirror and I didn't know who I was and things just got worse and worse for me until I eventually hit rock bottom towards the end of January Um, and things did get brighter, um, things did improve, um, there was light at the end of the tunnel for me but I think it's a topic we need to talk more and more about because it's something that so many of us mums go through and it's still very much a taboo subject. It's something I think we're afraid to talk about because, you know, for fear of, of what might happen, you know, for being judged, the repercussions. And that's something that I want to, I want to banish completely. Um, there's no shame. Um, you know, you haven't done anything wrong. It's not your fault. It's something that's beyond your control, but there's something that, you know, there's help out there for you, and I think the more we talk about it, the more we're going to help each other. So I have always been really open about it, um, and that is is really part of the reason why I started the blog in the first place. So that's definitely going to be a topic I'm going to revisit and revisit. Um, and if you have a story you'd like to share, an experience of postnatal depression, and um, please don't be afraid to get in touch with me. You can contact me on blogger at gmail.com or head over to the website www.themammyblog.ie um, where you'll find a whole host of my blogs um, where I talk about my own personal experiences with postnatal depression. Uh, finally I'm hoping to chat to some of you other mammies out there and find out what makes you tick Um, so if you think that could be you or you know a mommy um, who'd like to come and chat to me then again please get in touch so for now uh, first up I'm gonna read one of my most popular blogs from the website called five reasons why you won't sleep in the maternity ward and this one really struck a chord with you fellow mamas it's it I think it's probably my most popular blog Um, And I think the reason is it's one we can all relate to because no matter what way you gave birth, um, you know, whether it was sort of a traditional labor, whether you had an epidural, whether you had a cesarean, whatever, and whatever ward you were in, public, private, it doesn't matter. We all have this common experience of just not being able to sleep after you give birth. Um, So yeah, sit back relax get away from the kids for a few minutes if you can grab a nice cuppa maybe a chalky bicky or two um, and enjoy now don't let them kick you out of that hospital bed until you're ready to go home i remember a number of well-meaning female friends and relatives drumming that line into me before i gave birth to my baby boy last december with what i can only describe knowing what i know now as very wry smiles of course, I agreed to myself, sure I'll want to catch up on as much sleep as possible before heading home with the baby, so I'll try and stay in as long as they'll let me. Oh, how wrong I was. Let's be frank, that one to three nights' stay in hospital with your raw, torn up body and tiny, wrinkled, crying newborn lying by your side are probably the most exhausting few days of your life. There is no way you're able to actually lie down and get some uninterrupted kip at any point. And anyone who tells you otherwise is having you on big time. I don't care if you're in a private room, a semi private room or a public ward. The bottom line is you'll pretty much get zero sleep and need to survive on a series of unfulfilling catnaps. Why? Well, let me lay it out for you. Point number one. Much to my surprise, there was no magic midwife that came in and wheeled my squished-up bundle of joy down to the nursery, where I could admire him through a glass window in my PJs after a super amazing sleep, a la every Hollywood movie I've ever seen involving babies. And this was the biggest shock of all. I can clearly remember feeling completely exhausted, sort of like I'd been run over by a truck with horrendous jet lag thrown into the mix, and being left with my new baby by my side in a small cot. I'd given birth at around 4am and by 7.30pm that evening my delighted but exhausted husband was falling asleep standing up. So I sent him home for some rest, naively thinking the midwife might wheel the baby off to said magical nursery land while I slept. Wrong. Which brings me to point number two. The hubby, or your other half, goes home at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the evening and then you're on your own. Sure, there are midwives floating around the halls, but you're basically left to your own devices for the entire night. Yep, that's right. It's just you and the baby until the next morning. And good God, was it the loneliest few nights of my life! And if, like me, you were a nervous first-timer with no clue how to even put on a onesie, that first night will be spent on high alert in case the baby cries, poops, wants to be fed, or you just spend the entire evening checking if he's still breathing. Point number three, visitors, visitors, visitors. Now, I know the family are all naturally really excited when the new baby arrives. And of course, that's great. But do they all have to feel the need to visit in those first couple of days when you're in the hospital looking like the wreck of the Hespers and feeling so tired, you're starting to hallucinate? No, they don't, but be prepared for them doing just that. And it's not just your visitors, of course, it's everyone else's too. Trust me, by the time you leave, you'll be au fait with everything Auntie Mary Beyond the Curtain has to say about who said Mass last week and why in her day there was no such thing as an epidural, whether you want to or not. And speaking of Mass, don't be surprised if the priest pops in at the worst possible time. me with my ass hanging out of my gown, to give you communion too. Point number four, noise. You'd think that at night things would settle down on the ward, but oh no, they don't. If anything, they get noisier. From babies crying, okay, that's a given, to you and the other new mums crying, To alarms mysteriously going off, heavy doors banging, staff having large, loud chats at 3am, people shuffling up and down to the bathroom, to the jarring sound of cutlery and dishes being thrown, yes, thrown around the place at all hours. There's just too much noise to sleep. And earplugs are useless because, well, see point number two. Point number five doctors and nurses asking you a zillion questions. Yes it's their job and isn't it great they're so concerned about you and your new baby but prepare to be asked to roll over and show your stitches if you have any several times a day. Be asked if you've pooped yet. Are you passing urine? What about the baby? Has he pooped yet? I mean what are they the poop police? Expect to have your blood pressure routinely taken and blood drawn as they check the baby's weight, hearing and reflexes. Is he feeding? How much? How often? What do you have for your dinner? And don't even get me started on all the leaflets they give you. <sighs> in between all of that there is just no time for sleep. I can remember my mum telling me how she had been kept in for around five days after she had me, which was kind of the norm back then. She recalled how they'd wheel the babies over for feeding and cuddles etc, but how they'd then take them away so that the mums could get some sleep. I loved the idea of that. Of course, she also remembered how she was able to smoke in her hospital bed. Okay, so times have changed. And while it's nice in one way to have your baby there with you to bond, sleep is so important too, especially for those first few days as you grapple with this momentous change in your life. A happy medium might be the answer, but for me, I literally counted the seconds until I was allowed to go home where I promptly fell onto my own bed and got a few blissful hours of unbroken sleep knowing that I had at least one other pair of hands to mind the new baby. So that's it fellow mamas. I hope you enjoyed my very first podcast. Please bear with me. Um, I'm learning as I go, very much like motherhood. Um, But I really am hoping that these podcasts are going to be weekly. I'm going to try my best to do that. Um, If you have any feedback, please, please don't be afraid to get in touch with me. Once again, the email address is themammyblogger at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to the website www.themammyblog.ie where you'll find all of my blogs and more information about myself and hopefully further podcasts. Podcasts.